Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and mega church pastor Dag Heward Mills. Have you ever thought about the kind of employee you are at your place of work? Are you productive in what you do? Do you exhibit the right attitudes and gratitude for the post that has been entrusted to you? Today's message is full of practical wisdom and tips from Dag Heward Mills. He shares with you from the Bible and his own personal experiences to help you become a better and more joyful worker for God. No matter where you find yourself working in life, I am certain that today's message will transform you into an invaluable worker. Let's listen to today's teaching. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the great blessing we have tonight as we gather to fellowship. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, take your copy of Rules of Church Work. You don't have it? But I believe I gave all of you one. Okay. How to enjoy your work. Right. Chapter 11. How to enjoy your work. Amen. Now, it is important for you to enjoy working. Do you know why? Because you're going to spend more time working than resting. And you're going to spend more time working than even being at home. Did you get that? So, that's the reality of life. And our times, at, even at home, are further shortened by bad planning of the government, giving us fewer roads and importing more cars without building the necessary roads and bridges and intercessions. So a journey that should take you 20 minutes now can take you four hours. You'll be sitting there. Once I was in America, in Seattle to be precise, where Microsoft and Boeing some of those companies were, and I was told that some of the businesses were moving away from Seattle, had decided to leave because the uh, local government had not, you know, improved the traffic situation. So they were moving away from that city to another city where there was less traffic. Because their business takes a long time for everybody to come to work. Everybody wastes money on fuel, time, people are tired by the time they come to work, and so on. So I was thinking about some other places like, that I also knew. Recently I met a pastor friend of mine in, from the Philippines, and he was showing me a computer that he uses. He said that there is so much traffic in the Philippines, that what he does is that he sits at the back of the car, and the driver drives, and whilst he's in the car, they are just standing in traffic for a long time. So he does all his work in the car on the computer, whilst the driver is waiting to be moving. That is if you have a driver. If you don't have a driver, you need to find some shortcuts. Hallelujah. So, it is important to enjoy your work. Now, it takes a lot of wisdom to be able to enjoy work. Amen. Even 
King Solomon, the richest and wisest man, found life to be a vexation of spirit. And he found life generally to be useless. He spoke of the toil he had undertaken in this world. And the uselessness of it all. He considered the future and wondered what would happen to the things he had built. And he thought to himself, what if the person who comes after me destroys everything? In Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 18, Solomon said, yet I hated all my labor. Do you understand? I hated all my labors. I hated my work. Which I had taken under the sun. Because I should leave it to the man that shall be after me. That's why he hated his work. Who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored. And wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Mercy. He has shown himself to be a wise man on this earth. He has built many things. He has labored. And yet, he, he said, I hate all the work I have done. Why? Because all the work he had done pertained to this world. And when anything that pertains to this world, you will leave it to the person that comes after you. That is why he found it useless at the end of his life. And that's why he actually hated all his struggles. And he was right. The person who came after him was a fool. If you can remember... I'm sure you've heard the name Rehoboam and you've heard the name Jeroboam. The R is the Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. And he was the fool in quotes who took over from his father. Now, at the first cabinet meeting, when Solomon handed over, he died, they had a meeting. And at the first meeting, Rehoboam was advised by some young people, show that you are strong. Now, anytime you come into power, you must find out who was there, what happened, and know how to. There are some important people, they may be very quiet or very dull or very whatever, but they are important. And some of them are very powerful. And some of them have reasons why they are around. You don't know what they did to be there. Are you there? You don't just get up and start warning people on your first cabinet meeting. So when he did that, the people said, every man to his tent. Now, the country had 12 regions. 11 of the regions said, we are no more, is, we are no more called Israel again. We are not part of you. You, you rule only one region. So now he became the president of Greater Accra. <laughs> from the eastern region central region, everybody was no more part of Israel so only three people ruled over the whole of Israel Saul then David then Solomon from Solomon onwards it was either you are a, a king of Judah or the king of the rest so when you read the Bible sometimes you get confused you see the kings of Judah King this of Judah, King that of Israel, this of Judah, that of Israel, is because of this Solomon's son's thing that he did. First day of meeting. Then in five years, the king Shushak of Egypt came to attack Israel. They fought with Israel, uh, they fought with uh, uh, Rehoboam, and he took all the money. The goal that Solomon had organized all and carried it away. And Rehoboam was there. The fool who had inherited his father's money 
And uh, this is the story where you hear that somebody went and took brass and came and put it into the temple to replace the gold. It is Solomon's son. First son that took after him. So brothers and sisters, when you think about things in that way, you know. Many great leaders know that after them, the people who are coming will not do things in a particular way. They know. That's why some great leaders hold on to power. Because they know. I mean, that's why Rawlings would not like to hand over. It's true. And that, that's what also makes him one of the greatest leaders Ghana has ever had. Everything he said he would do, he did it. He said he would hand over. He handed over. He handed over. He turned to democracy. Okay, he did it. What he said he would do, he did it. You see? Yeah. But you, you can see why people don't want to give up power. Because you can see that these people that are coming, they are going to change everything. And President Rawlings, just on the side, distinguishes himself from the other politicians by criticizing Professor Mills and criticizing his own party. Which is what I've been waiting to hear from the politicians. Because that, that actually, that should buy the hearts of all of us. Who are, if you are looking for something real. Because, NTP people, have you ever heard an NTP person say something negative about themselves? Meanwhile, there are a whole lot of negative things about NTP. That you never get them, anybody say this or that or that. No. They say negative things about the other side. And when they meet lay people like us, they want us, they, they feel that we are idiots. They want us to just believe that you are an angel while this side is a devil. How can that be? How can NDC be an angel or NPD be an angel and the other side is a devil, this one is an angel? It's not true. We are all the same. And you want to let us think that one is good and one is bad. Yes. And I know everybody must get two uh, cards from now. When you meet an NPP person, tell them, when they ask you, tell them I'm for NPP. When you meet NDC, tell them what? I'm for NDC. Because they want to divide the country into two. They want to brand everybody as either NPP or NDC. Radio stations are branded. This is an NPP station. This is an NDC station. Churches, they want to branch it. This is an NDC church. This is an NP. Even soccer, they want to say, Hearts of Folk is NDC, uh, 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 Cotopos, NPP. Every, I mean, it, this shop is an NPP shop. Banks, banks are NDC shop. NDC bank, NPP bank. I mean, how can that be possible? It's useless. So that is why people sometimes don't hand over power because you can see. And I'm sure that's what made Kwame Nkrumah not want to, to leave. He wanted to stay. To help. Because he could see that the people did not understand the vision that he had for Ghana. Yeah, so he wanted to stay on. It's fantastic. Anyway, so you begin to hate your labor. That is why we encourage you to work for God. Because at the end of the day, if you do not work for the Lord, you are going to hate your labor. Everything you anything you did on this earth. Getting married, you will find that it was a useless thing. Having children, you will discover, I have wasted my time. Uh, doing business, you will find out that I wasted everything you do on this world. You will come to that conclusion that it was a useless thing. I didn't say it. So sometimes when we say the things that are in the Bible, you think that maybe somebody is depressed. No. We are not depressed. Nobody is depressed. The Bible says that vanity of vanity, all, all is vanity. Nobody is depressed. We are speaking the words of God. He says, yeah, I hated all my labor. I hated all my labor. 
No son. Oh! Anyway. So today I want to give you keys to enjoying the work that you are doing. Amen. Whether you are working for the Lord or whether you are working for the world. But there are some keys. Wisdom for enjoying your work. Number one. Enjoy your work by eating and drinking while you work. Amen. It says, then I recommended mirth or happiness. Because a man has no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life which God giveth him under the sun. Amen. So, eating and drinking is very important. That is why in most workplaces there is a canteen. Because eating and drinking happily at work, do you understand? Whilst you work and whilst you live in this life, is very, very important. Now, societies which are not very well developed, have only drinking spots. But societies that are well developed have more restaurants. Restaurants. When you go to a a society which is well developed, I mean, in terms of ethnic things, you find out that they have a lot of restaurants and they go out to eat. Now, there are many Ghanaian Ladies, Ghana girls, they get married to Ghana boys and they are surprised that their husbands are not taking them out for dinner. Do you understand? Now, the reason why the Ghana boys are not taking you out for dinner is is because of where they were brought up. They, they don't have it as part of their culture. Do you get it? It's true. It's true. So usually if you see a man and a woman going to a restaurant, they are not married. Uh-huh. The brother is now trying to make certain moves. <laughs> but going to a restaurant to eat is not part of the usual Ghanaian or Ghana boys culture. It's true. That is why they don't, they, it doesn't occur to them that we should go, Charlie, what have you cooked? Have you cooked the food? Charlie, bring your let's eat and we are hungry. What is, what is there in the house? So, that is the reason why. But where uh, there, there is a greater development of the culture, you will find out that there are restaurants all along the road. And they even have tables outside. And they, you, they, everybody is having a day. You can't even just go to the restaurant. There are so many people trying to come in to eat. Eating out is not, it's true. You see, and then poverty also causes. <laughs> Ghana boys <laughs> don't go out to eat. <laughs> Ghana boys, when they are served the chicken, they say that, ah, how much is this? I can buy a whole chicken, even I can buy, I know a place I can buy two chickens for this food that I'm eating. And when we take it to the house and we fry it, it will last for two weeks. Oh, Ghana boys, you have disgraced us today. So poverty and, and, and then overcalculating. Do you see? Overcalculating. 
It is what causes Ghana boys not to go out to enjoy restaurants. And that makes you enjoy less of life. Oh, yeah. Because he said, said, there is nothing better. Nothing better for a man than to eat. And then to drink. And to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor in the days of his life, which God has given him under the sun. It's true. And you find out that the younger generation are a, a richer generation. They are sort of more prosperous. Their eyes are more glittering towards fantastic things. And so you may find out that there are more people who will be interested in going out or eating out. I'm not talking about drinking for drinking sport for poor countries. Every the the largest drinkers of Guinness in the world is Nigeria. Yes. Apart after the after the UK is a UK company, the largest uh, business is outside the UK. And the largest single country that drinks more, produces more Guinness is Nigeria. And then other countries. Ghana is one of the highest also. You understand? So if poor countries, they drink and alcohol is... But I'm talking about sophisticated restaurant dining. You see, and, and you see Ghana boys don't know much about restaurants. They don't know how to eat and drink. Yeah, they know choba. Don't mind your wife choba. Can they give me some what? Some fufu, banku, and tilapia. One day, I went somewhere. I was with a certain white pastor. And he knew some Ghanaian pastors. And he was telling me, you know, there's this pastor who comes from your country. Every time he comes to eat, I mean, he comes, and then we go out, we take him out to eat, to the restaurant. You see, it's not part of our culture, so the pastor is now developing. So he said, every time we go out to the restaurant, and then we have the menu, he'll be looking at all the things, and he'll say, ah, do you have chicken and rice? <laughs> you have rice and chicken. He's a Ghana boy's pastor. Say so you, you like some steak? Do you like this? Do you like this? Do you want this? No, no. Do you play? Then you put them. Do you have rice and chicken? Do you have rice and chicken? <laughs> if you have chicken and rice, give me one chicken and rice. Give me one chicken and rice. <laughs> one rice and one chicken. You see, because, because for us, when we are having a celebration, we have fried rice and chicken. Is it not true? These are the only two things we know of. Then rice and chicken. That means it's a special day. Now, but you need to learn how to eat. My wife calls it whining and dining. Whining and dining. Yes. You need to know how to blow time. Just sit down and don't, don't think about how much it costs for a change. It's a, <laughs> therefore, I recommended it. I recommended it. I recommended it. <laughs> it's a recommendation in the Bible. A man has no better thing under the sun than to eat. To drink. That's why, that's why you see that the me- in more developed places, they have one menu for food and one menu for drink. Because drinking too is an act. When you don't know drinks, I'm not talking about alcohol. But even among, the, among sinners and Gentiles, they have the different types of alcohol. I and mean, you have to do it to be able to serve it. But when you come into the Christian world where we don't take alcohol... We have different types of drinks. But we, we all that we say, give me one Coke. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have Fanta. You have Fanta. <laughs> you have Fanta. 
One day, I went to Malaysia with my wife. And uh, we were at a Chinese. We were with all of them. They were, were coming to eat. And then the waiter came to ask what we would drink. So my wife said, give me one Coke. <laughs> and then I also said, give me a Coke. They asked me whether I realized that we were the only people drinking Coca-Cola on the table. And I realized that, you see, Ghana boys and Ghana girls have come here. And there is something that we, we, we are lacking something. <laughs> hey! So, learn, you must learn how to eat and use eating. It's recommended in the Bible. It's not because of the food you have gone, but to be happy. And also, especially those who went to boys' schools, those who went to boys' schools, they see food as Something that must be attacked. You see. Especially those who went to boys' school. You can see the school a person went to by. by. But when you go to a mixed school, because there are girls also there, you are forced to taper down your aggressiveness. But those who went to boys' school, you see, it's as if everybody has a bigger spoon. Why? And if you don't hurry up, the food will get finished. So you have to know how to eat fast. So one of the things I've learned to do, and I think we must all learn to do, is to eat and drink and be merry as you work. Yeah. Okay, number two. Be happy and joyful at work. Amen. Now, it is not so easy to be happy at work. Because sometimes you are forced to work with people you don't like. That is the greatest cause of unhappiness at work. Because you will go to work and meet somebody you don't want to see. Somebody you can see through that this person is not real. The person is fake. And when the boss comes, the person will be smiling. (laughs) And there is so much politics. And you can see that the boss is deceived. You feel that he doesn't know what is happening. And there is a lot of play on trying, vying for power and position. That's why people have written books on how to, you know, how to behave at work, what you must do, what you mustn't do. Sometimes they'll tell you you must, you know, you must, you must do extra. Sometimes they'll say don't do too much. Don't do things you haven't been asked to do. Do things you haven't been asked to do. One, one guy was teaching, he was saying, don't do things you haven't been able to do. He told a story about a king, one of the kings in China. A true story. And then he, the king got drunk. And the king was walking and then he felt tired and he decided to sleep. So he slept on the courtyard somewhere. And then the crown keeper was passing through. And the crown keeper, his duty was to keep the regalia and the head. That was his only job. When he saw the king sleeping out there, in the cold, he took off his coat and he used it to cover the king. So, when the king woke up, he said, Whose coat is this? He said, Oh, the crown keeper came because you were feeling cold and you had slept here. So, he called for the coat keeper. When the coat keeper came, he said, I was here feeling cold and you didn't, I mean, you, where was my coat? So, so he punished him. Then he called the crown keeper 
and beheaded him for doing things that he's not supposed to do. He's not supposed to be involved in such things. <laughs> so, I mean, they are trying to say, they are trying to say, you do, you know, don't do things you have not been asked to do. You have not been asked to do. Don't do them. Because you can easily get into serious trouble. On the other hand, they will also give you stories of doing extra. So, it is something where you are able to choose whom you want to work with. Amen. Because all of us have different things that we like. So, pray that you know you have the opportunity of even choosing whom you can work with or deciding. Or even sometimes there are some people that you must pray them away from your workplace. Father, I send thunderings and lightnings on this chair of this person. Visit them with divine plagues and judgments. May they not be able to sit there again in Jesus' name. So you realize the person cannot stay there again. Number three. Accept your lot. Accept what God has given you. God has not given you everything. Amen. If you do not accept your lot and become content, you will never be a happy person. Amen. It is then I realized in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Then I realized that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink, to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor that he taketh under the sun. For this is his lot. This is the NIV. Moreover, when God has given a man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them and to accept his lot, your lot means what you are. You have to accept what you are and what you are not. Amen. Because not everybody is going to be the administrator of the office. Not everyone is going to be the head of the department. Not everybody is going to be the servant of this person. Not everybody is going to have it. You can only have one. So you have to accept what you are. Not everybody is going to be an American Benihin. I'm not. I'm, I'm Ghanaian. I'm from Ghana. Even if you think I'm not Ghanaian, I'm Ghanaian. Because this is where I've, I've been all my life. You get it? So you have to accept who you are and what you are not. You are not going to be this or that. But most of our lives are spent trying to be something that we are not. Oh, go to England and see Ghanaians trying to speak with a British accent. Hello, yeah, oh boy, I'm coming, okay. And as they speak, you see that the Ghanaian accent breaks through in the middle of the... We call it a breakthrough. The Ghanaian accent breaks through in the middle of the British accent. And sometimes you hear Ghanaians trying to speak like Americans. Glory be to God, hallelujah, don't preach the word of God today. God is good. Then there's a breakthrough. You hear that? The Ghana has broken through the American. So why don't you just accept what you are? Yes. You know, there are so many Ghanaians that I, when I hear them talking, I feel that would something happen to your cheeks or your tongue, the way you are, the whole day you are forcing to speak in a special way. From morning to evening, you are not natural. Will it not affect your tongue as time goes by? Accept it. Not everybody is going to be the special assistant to the manager or the secretary or the director or the manager of the shop. Only one person can do certain job. And you, what are you? Just accept what you are. And stop trying to become something that, and you find out that it will change when you when you are happy as what you are. Wow! I've, I've, I'm always happy. I've always been happy to be. Sometimes I see uh, Ghanaians, sometimes even Nigerians, who try to be abroad. You see them with a small church. You know, one time a pastor invited a, a, a pastor who was abroad in, uh, in somewhere abroad. He invited him to come and preach. And when he finished preaching, he gave him a good honorarium. And he invited him to preach again. And he said, oh, as for this part, I want to honor him. Because if he was in Ghana, he, he would have about 2,000 members in church. But where he is, he has about uh, 20 or 30 people. After 15 years of preaching. Yeah. Many of them, you see, we don't accept. We, you want to be an American. You are not American. So far from being American. 
Look, it's not just the accent, it's the culture. The fact that you don't even go to restaurants and you don't even know where a restaurant is shows that you are not from there, even. Yeah. Number four, enjoy your work by living joyfully with your spouse. Please, I've given all of you one of these books, isn't it? You cannot say I didn't give you. You all have one. So go and read it. What? Live, enjoy living with your wife. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of the life of thy vanity. <laughs> your, your useless life. Live joyfully, happily with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy vanity, which he has given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity. For this is thy portion. That is thy portion. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 9. Yes. For that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor. You see, in your labor. Your labor which thou takest under the sun. One of the rewards for working under the sun is to have the ability to live joyfully with your spouse. That is why many people who work, they work, they work, they work, they work so hard. They build a big house with a swimming pool. And when they come home, there is nobody in the house. I personally know people who have built houses with swimming pools that I have visited before. And there is nobody in the house. There is no woman, there is no wife, there is no child in the house. Because... There has been one, there has been another, there has been another, there has been another, and thousands of women have been there, but now there's nobody. You get it? Just television and the security guard. There are a lot of houses like that at airport residential area. Big houses. But you see, one of the rewards is you may not know the value of it. And you see, these days the young girls, they are very wise. When an old man, when his person is very old and he realizes that he's going to need a nurse to look after him, then he wants to marry somebody. And a lot of men say, why should I come and be a nurse to somebody? At this age, there is nothing you can do. You only need a nursing mother. And I should become the nurse when you are all withered. A lot of the young girls, they are wise these days. They say, okay. Where are you going to be on your mouth? And when you die, you will give your money to all your children. And I will be the fool. So tell the young girls of today that their eyes tear. <laughs> so, happiness is a decision that you make. You must have Crackles of laughter from your house. When people sit outside your window, they must hear peals of laughter, crackling laughter and happiness. It is a sign of, that you are enjoying your work. Divine enjoyment of your work. Yes. Because going back home to be happy is important. Now, that is a two-way decision. Because sometimes you are happy, but the person you are with is not happy for one reason or another. And you may not know how, you may not know where to make the person happy. So being happy, he says, it is Thy portion in this life and in thy... It is thy portion in this life and in thy labor. So one of the rewards of your work. That's why when people go to war, they say, Alexander the Great, he led a lot of people to war. They were fast, seven years there. They said, we, they started, we want to go to our wives. We want to go to our wives. 
that Alexander the Great was annoyed with them. He was saying, but I have given you so much money. You have conquered. You have conquered Asia, Persia, India. Oh! And the people will say, no! This is what you say every year. We want to go home to our wives. We have not seen our wives for seven years. So it's a part of the rewards of thy labor under the sun. So be happy. Amen. And take the quality decision that we are going to be happy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Number five. Eat of your wealth. I'm teaching you how to enjoy your work. Eat of your wealth and take your portion as you work. Amen. Spend money on yourself. Amen. You have to spend some money on yourself. Sometimes when I'm depressed, I look for something to buy. There are many times I've traveled abroad, and I, by the time I'm coming home, I'm depressed. So I look for something to buy. But sometimes when I buy something, the depression goes away. How many have experienced that? Because there is something greedy in all human beings. Where we want to own something, even if we don't need it. And to say it is mine. Because it is in the shop, it is also, you are seeing it, you are enjoying it. But no, you want to hold it and say that it is mine. So sometimes you need to spend. But you may have a wife or somebody who doesn't have a problem with spending the money. So since you are one flesh, you let the person spend the money for you. Yes. What a lot of people don't realize is that there is no amount of money that can buy a happy wife. Oh, yeah. The mood of a woman can change like the weather in Britain. It can suddenly become rainy. Or it will change into a cloud without any indication. So, one of the best questions that we've been asking in the church is, are you happy? Is there joy? Is there joy? Are you happy? Because we want happiness. Some of the most chatty, smiling faces you see in church are the moodiest and quietest when they get home. True. Actually, some people chat, not my, my wife is not like that. Some people, no, oh, I can tell you if it's not like that, it's not a problem. But it's, that's not how she is. But there are people, they chat around, they laugh, they laugh. It's just a facade to cover their depression, their moodiness. Age, as soon as they step out into deepest blackness, the darkest of thoughts, nobody is speaking. Hey, it's like a house of death and dumps. If you like, put a recorder in the house, there will be no sound except GTV news. And that is the end. Hey. So, eat of your wealth. Amen. Oh, we have to finish. Number, number six. Envy. You must always remember when you want to enjoy your work, how to enjoy your work. Always be conscious of envy, envious people around you. Amen. Try not to stir up the envy of people through your success. Everybody smiles and says, well done, but they are jealous. People are jealous. They may not say it. So when you have to choose between envy and love, show maybe sometimes less of who you are, less of how blessed you are. It's true. 
to reduce the amount of hatred. Not only in the church, everywhere. Anyone who is successful is hated. You are hated for your success. There was no problem in the world till God blessed Abel. And the green spirit of envy rose up in Cain. And he said he killed his brother because God had favored him. So, whatever you can do to tone down. Some of us show boast too much of what we have. You need to learn to live so less of what you have. Not everybody that must see all that you have. I remember a story of a, a painter in the Renaissance period called Tenor. He was famous for his colorful paintings. Beautiful landscape colorful paintings. And one day he painted a special painting called Cologne. So there was going to be an exhibition and his painting was put up in the exhibition hall. Now everybody knew how beautiful his painting was. Now there was another painter called Sir Thomas Lawrence and he came, he also had his paintings in the exhibition. Now before the exhibition opened, he came into the gallery to see how things had been arranged. And to his dismay, he found out that his painting had been put next to Turner's painting. And Turner's painting was so bright and beautiful. And his painting looks so ugly because it's by the... You see, black looks blacker by white. And white looks whiter by black. Do you understand? Yeah. If you want the color of something to come out, you put an opposite color by it, and then the color comes out nicely. You get it? So, when um, Thomas Lawrence saw the, his painting, you know, if actually, actually his painting was on the left and on the right of Tennis painting. He was not happy at all. And he said, that, no, I, I don't want my painting to be. This guy's thing is making my, my thing look very, you know. Now, Tanner heard about it, that Thomas Lawrence had complained about the position of his painting. So you know what he did? He was a wise man. He came to the art gallery and took his painting away. And then he did something to it and brought the painting back. So during the exhibition, people were going around. "Ah, What did you do to your painting? The whole thing has changed. And then Tanner said, don't worry. It's not nice. It's not as it was before. Don't worry. Then he said, after the, he said, then he told him privately, he said, you know, I put something on the painting called lamp black to darken my painting. He said, I don't want people to be too envious, jealous of me. He said, after that, listen, I'll remove it. I can just remove it. He was a very wise man. Because, you see, it's not only the boss who must like you. The people around you, the hatred and the jealousy of people around you can also destroy you. Not just the liking or the love of the boy. Je- jo- Jacob loved Joseph, but his brothers were envious of him. And it was the envy of his fellow brothers that destroyed him. Not the, the absence of love from his father. So you need to be careful of the envy that you generate from people around you. And so Tanner was very wise. And he blackened his painting. Just for the exhibition after he, he put it back to normal. So sometimes, you know, you need to put some black on your brightness. Yeah, maybe you are first. You are always first. I mean, don't say you are first. Just say the exam was okay. Every day you are first. And I'm always 18th. I'm 21st. I'm 22nd. Every day you can't say I'm first. I was first again. I was first again. I also don't feel so excited. Because you are always first and I'm always 15th. I'm 18th. I'm 19th. No fine. There are times I've been to churches and I've preached and I've talked about our church. How God has done this. And afterwards... One day the pastor said to me, don't talk about your church again when you come to my church. Don't talk about your church again. Don't talk about your church again. I tell you now, I don't say anything about my church. I am days we have done, no, no, nothing. There is nothing. It's just a church. How many have got some wisdom there? So learn how to overcome envy. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 4. It says, again, I considered all 
all travail and every right work that for this, eh, for this right work, a man is what? Envied of his brother. This is all you are going to get for your good works. Envy. Huh? I consider what? Every right work that I've done. And what do I get for it? Envy. This is the, re- this is the reward for working hard. Envy. So learn to dampen and darken and tone it down. Your great achievements and your great successes. Wow. Oh. Number seven, be content as you work for God. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 6. Verse 6, it says, Better is a handful with quietness than both with the hands full and travail and vexation of spirit. Amen. You must be happy with, you must be content. Amen. I tell you, I travel all over the world. And I know people in Ghana are happier than people in England. They may not think so, but we are happier here. Because one handful is better than two handful with travail and vexation of spirit. I can also tell you, many of the pastors we have, missionaries, in the villages and the towns are happier than people in Accra. I recently transferred our passage from Kumasi to Accra. I mean, you may have thought that you are being demoted by being sent to Accra. But when being sent to Kumasi, but when they came to Accra, hey, then they came to see the traffic. Do we not have traffic here? From here to here, from here to here. Traffic, heat, pollution. Oh! No water. Do you have water in Kumasi? I think so. Expensive food. Everything. Number eight, patience. Patience, impatience is the brother of discontentment. You can never work for God if you are discontent. You must be content. Always you must be happy with what little you have. Amen. Be happy. Always analyze what you have and look around you and see that you are far better than most people. I have some people, they are not paid much. I know how much they are paid, they are not paid much. I send them on a mission. They went around different places in the country and in Africa. When they came back, they said, we are millionaires. They told me we are millionaires. Somebody who earns, I mean, a small amount of money. We are billionaires. You are better off than most people if you care to think properly. But because people don't think, that's why a lot of people cannot work in full time ministry. Because they don't think in the right way. If you don't think in a certain way, you cannot work for God. If you, if you are content, you can work for God. You can work anywhere. Because you look at it and you see you are blessed. This place is a blessing. We are blessed to be here. But when you are discontent, ah, that is why when I have a missionary who has what I call chronic discontentment, I always let the person come back. There are people who are never happy. No matter what, they are never happy with whatever they have. Nothing is enough. Nothing is okay. Nothing is good enough. Nothing is a blessing. Every time it's a problem. If they can't see too, that is a blessing. Such people must return home. I recently asked one, I said, return home. You are not happy. Come, just come, come. I don't want to, I don't want to destroy your life. Anyone who is not happy, you have been sent on the mission, you are not happy, return. I will pay. One day I had a, 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 an employee. The person was not happy talking this. One day I called, I said, look, this is it. I will pay you for the next two years or whatever so that you go out of it. I just go out. Eesh. Some people are never content. You cannot work with people who are... Uh, Mike Medoc says it's an emergency. A one bad apple spoils all the other apples. I'll remove the person quickly. 
I remove that person. Number nine, and we are ending. Wisdom will make you work better. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 13. The wisdom that I have seen under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. This wisdom. Wisdom makes you work better. Every job can be done with wisdom. Amen. Anytime you find a job that cannot be done with wisdom, that job is usually a job of poor people. Every job can be done easier and better with wisdom. It's a job of poor people that does not apply wisdom. That is why the making of baseballs, of which two can be made in a minute or so, is done in Latin America, the poor countries, for which they are paid something like one dollar per minute. Because even in spite of all the technology, they have not discovered and made a machine that can sew the baseball. It has to be sewn by hand. So it is made there. But golf balls, which are we use technology, and for which you will be paid about $15 for one, to make one, that is made in Boston and Massachusetts, somewhere there. Because as soon as you apply wisdom and technology, it brings wealth. You work better, you get more. And anything that is done by hand, you cannot improve it with wisdom. It's for poor people. So look carefully at your work. Where can you add a computer? Where can you add some wisdom? What can you do faster? What can you do better? Apply wisdom. Even the ministry, we can do it better. Amen. And finally, working in twos. Two are better than one. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4.9 Anytime you have a companion to work with, you enjoy your work better. Amen. So, if you want to enjoy your work, try to get a job that you work with people, somebody else that you can talk to about the work that you are doing. Because when you have somebody you can talk about your work with, your work goes better. So if you want to do better, Amma, have somebody you can talk to as an equal. Somebody you can relate with. You will enjoy your work better. Not somebody just to give instructions. But somebody that you work with and you can discuss the problems of the work. It goes better. It goes faster. It's nicer. Work becomes like play. And it becomes your life. And you are blessed. Are you blessed in Jesus' name? All right. Stand to your feet. It's time to go. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your great blessing. Uh, we pray for the grace to enjoy the work you've given to us to do. You praise. Pray for whatever aspect of the message you know you have heard. Maybe there's a part that concerns you concerning your work. Holy Spirit is revealing something to you. How you can work better and you can enjoy the work that you are doing better. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we are thanks the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. We say wisdom, 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 wisdom. Thank you. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here this evening, you are not a born again Christian, you want to say pastor, pray with me, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody invited you to church, but you are not a born-again Christian. You want to say, Pastor, help me to know Jesus as my Savior. Lift up your right hand. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Lift the right hand. Just your right hand above your head. Pastor, I want to give my life to God today. God bless you. If you have lifted your hand, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to walk from where you are. Just walk from there and come to me in the front. I want to pray with you right in the front here.
Forgive me for my sins. I am a sinner. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Oh God, I know, I know I am a sinner. But today, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Today, I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and my master and my lord thank you jesus for saving me and setting me free please write my name in the book of life oh jesus from today i will serve you and follow you in jesus name amen God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.